difficult year for Mrs. Jackson. You would think by now it had gotten easier being in her third year of teaching. She had been through the right schooling. She had a few years under her belt. But for some reason, this first semester was really tough. I mean, when is it ever easy to try to teach, to try to corral, and try to contain 18, 7-year-old kids? But for some reason, this year was more troubling. Not that the kids were bad, but, but maybe, maybe it was the addition of this young boy named Donnie. Donnie had come to Mrs. Jackson's class a few weeks into the semester. They had moved in from out of town, and, and she knew virtually nothing of Donnie or his family other than the fact that Donnie was very, very poor. Well, who wasn't poor in that small rural town in the 60s? People had faced hardship, but it was especially bad, obviously, for Donnie. Not only did he not have the normal things that most kids have, like nice pants or even a decent pair of shoes, it seemed that he had been lacking in education as well. Or at least that's what she assumed Mrs. Jackson did, because Donnie rarely spoke. He sat in the back of class. He had a pleasant smile, but he didn't show it very often. He just sat and listened. If he was spoken to, he responded politely with yes ma'am or no ma'am. But beyond that, Mrs. Jackson couldn't figure out how she was going to help Donnie in a lot of ways. She didn't think Donnie was in any way prepared to make it through the rest of the year and be able to pass on to third grade. But she was also concerned that Danny just didn't seem to connect. Donnie didn't seem to connect, and so she, she struggled. But all of that aside, that semester had been okay, but the past week had been really long. Lots of parties, lots of sitting around and telling stories and reading books. Lots of kids sharing what they would be doing over the holiday season and the gifts that they wanted. Although Donnie didn't chime in much on that. But she had made it through. It was now time to celebrate the holidays. The bell had rung, the kids had been dismissed. And she was left to sift through the piles of packages that the little kids had placed on her desk. She expected to have 17 gifts, but was surprised that as she looked through, there actually were 18 packages. She couldn't imagine that Donnie in any way had enough money to get her something. He hardly had enough money to buy lunch. Most of the times he brought a small sack lunch that seemed like it had to be empty most of the time. But he never complained. Mrs. Jackson sat down at her desk 
And she began opening these packages from all these children. Most of them were nicely wrapped. Almost none of them had been wrapped, though, by her kids. They all had been done by their parents. She finally got down to that last, that 18th gift. She knew who it came from by the fact it was wrapped in newspaper. He had a little tag that he had made on there in which she understood he must have taken quite a while to write because in his perfect handwriting, he wrote, Mrs. Jackson, Merry Christmas to you. Both of his R's and Mary were facing the right direction and the fact that there were two of them in there, she thought was an accomplishment. She knew that Donnie had spent some time but she couldn't imagine what was inside that newspaper. She unwrapped it and stared at the gift that he had given her. It was a rock. Some people call it a rock. I'm, I suppose you might call it a stone because it, it was smooth and just almost perfectly round. Those aren't rocks that you pick up on a caliche road. They're not found somewhere in a field. She she knows that there was only one place that Donnie could have gone to get that. He pulled it out of the river. Well, it doesn't seem like a big deal except for one small thing. About eight miles She knew Donnie lived on the poor side of town and the river was on the opposite side. And even after he went through the town, he would pass the city limits sign and it would be a long walk. But she had no idea the great lengths that Donnie took to bring her that stone. She had no idea the sacrifice that he had made. And she couldn't possibly understand how much Donnie loved his teacher. After losing his mother, he didn't have any female influences in his life. And he spent most of his time sitting silently, whether it was at school or at home. But Miss Jackson... She seemed to care about him and he wanted to do something special for her. And so he got up one cold Saturday morning, put on his best shoes, which was his only pair of shoes, and he began walking all the way through town, past where the other kids would be shopping for their gifts for their teacher all the way down the rocky road, and finally to the river, where he would spend hours sifting through the cold water to get that perfect rock for her, so that he could show her just how much he cared. We know the value of the rock was was nothing. 
Nobody sold it to him. It wasn't really worth anything. But its value was in the delivery, the willingness for Donnie to travel so far. It was the best that he had. Mrs. Jackson didn't fully understand the sacrifice that Donnie had to make to bring her that gift. But she knew it had to be something special. And of all the trinkets, the coffee mugs, the colorful pencils that she would get, that one stone would mean more to her than anything else. We spend a lot of time talking about the cross. And rightfully so. Because the cross reminds us of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. But I want us to remember this morning of the method and the delivery which it took in order for Jesus to get there. I think we oftentimes forget where Jesus was before the cross, before the Sea of Galilee, before the the encounter as a 12-year-old in the temple, and even before the manger. Jesus, Son of God, was not on this earth. He was in heaven. And I think it's important for us to remember this morning what great links that Jesus would go to come to each one of us. This morning I want to take just a few moments and I want to read a few passages that talk about the sacrifice of Jesus, not on the cross, but His willingness to come down to earth. I want to begin where John does. In John chapter 1, starting in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Can you imagine being a herald to the light that would come into the world? We all love sharing good news. We all love sending out announcements of the birth of a child the planning of a wedding, an upcoming graduation, 
John was preparing the world for the light. Verse 10. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. What a powerful statement. The Word became flesh. I think sometimes we forget what the Word really means. It's not just a a simple word. It's not just a statement. We say the word, but I want to use it in a little different context and maybe it'll help you out. Have you ever had someone give you their word? What does that really mean? It means something more than a few letters scrunched together to make a sound. It meant their promise. Think about that for just a moment. 